Parenting Radio. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And we are talking about the 10 or so things. We're not going to get through 10. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> of things I wish people told me before becoming a dad. With things you wish you would have known. Yeah. So No, you, I wish somebody would have just told me that this is the way it was going to be. That way I didn't have to figure it out for myself. But don't you think people told you and you didn't, you weren't able to embrace it or integrate it because you were like, yeah, that won't happen to no, me. No, nobody told me. <laughs> well, let's say this. So we're going to focus more around dad things today. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Dad things. And so I can give my two cents on those dad things. Two cents can, for you. Can I give at least one mom thing you during You can give as show? many mom things as you want. Okay, I'll do it at the end. Um, and then we I forgot we actually want to talk a little bit about, uh, at the end of the show, we'll give a few minutes on um, special needs kids. And okay. how to discipline because we had an... E- We're going to talk about that at the very end? Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be a teaser for another show, but I promised um, one of our listeners okay. that we would at least address it. Okay. We can address it, but please know, all you listeners, there's no way that we can discuss that in a short If anybody can do it, we can do it. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, and we're brought to you by Avid, Poofin, and Cairo Tree, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. Yes. Very good. You know what? I'm sorry. I have to say something to you because Mm -hmm. this is important. What? You said special needs kids. Okay. It's children who have special needs because they are children first and then they, they may have special needs, but that just because that's, that honors what we believe in. Thank you. And you are not in that world of therapy. No, I'm not. And so you wouldn't know that. So this is not a criticism. My ignorance. For, for parents who have children with special needs, that's what is preferred. I am the person who is of the population. I'm the ignorant person, and you are the person Aww. who is not. You're so not ignorant. But it's it's a good conversation to have because even that in itself is important to know because obviously these children are children, and they have a ton to offer, And but they, in the way that their brain is, isn't typical. Mm-hmm. And so they may have some special needs and some ways that need you know parents need to understand how to work with them, and it may be different than the mainstream approach to parenting. Right. So this is going to be a high-energy show. We're going to run right through a bunch of these things. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, you go to your 10 things. Well, we'll before do I do the 10 things, do you want to know what I had for dinner last night? We were together. I know. For the main course, I had Fruity Pebbles, <laughs> and it was so good. And for the dessert, I had French silk pie. I know, because I had French silk pie as well. And but... it was really good. So that's what I had for dinner. In case you're wondering what I had for dinner last night, Fruity Pebbles followed up by French silk how pie. Good, how good is French silk pie? It's really, really oh, good. And I want to eat the whole pie, but I only can manage like one or two pieces. I know. Well, you think you can eat the whole pie, but because then you, it's that good. Because it's that good, but then you have a piece and you're like, I'm so full. Um, all right. So here's one of the things. Um, my wife is going to be in a bad mood during morning sickness. So that's not even being a, a dad, dad yet. That's pregnancy. It's part of the whole process. And I have said this on the show before, but it has, that has been our biggest challenge from a marriage standpoint, is during your morning sickness. You think that more so than the first three months of when our kids were born? Because yeah, I think because that's a tough time too. It's an extremely tough time. And actually one of my things is why the first year is – nobody told me that the first year was going to be impossible. Right. Now, it was kind of impossible for me, but it was totally impossible for you. Because yeah. like whenever there's new kids, we talk about how amazing it is and you're a new dad and – um, but it's impossible. You don't sleep. I mean, it's ridiculously hard. It's difficult. Yeah. But it isn't impossible because you did it three times. No, it's impossible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So I've already ran through three of my things. I know, but let's go back to the morning sickness thing because what I think that is important to understand is, if we haven't talked about it enough on this show, is is when a woman um, has morning sickness, and not every woman has morning sickness. Right. There are some lucky people who don't. But I had, I've had five pregnancies in my life. Um, we have three children who are here with us right now on this earth, and all five pregnancies, I had morning sickness. Right. 
and um, I, it's a miserable time. Miserable. And I, I could do nothing right. You were a raw nerve. Yeah. Everything was but wrong. But was I mean to you? I you don't were never I mean. mean. You're just the way I say it. It's just like you have a really bad hangover. And who is in a good mood when they have a bad hangover? And I think sometimes I didn't believe that you know how crappy I felt, so I needed to let you know. Well, and like I would do things like wash the dishes, thinking that that was what I should do, and you wanted me to sit by you. Right. Like I could do nothing right. <laughs> Because then the kitchen would be so dirty. Bad. Well, it was just tough. Okay. And it was harder for you. Like I had on a one to ten, I had it at a one. Okay. And you had it at a ten because you were the one who was sick. Right. But it's and hard had, to be with right. somebody who is yes. sick all the time. Too. That I can hear because yeah. you're saying like I was I was mean, but I I may have been more difficult. But I don't think it was about what I said to you. It was the fact that I was not easy to be around. Right. That I can hear. Right. Because I wouldn't have wanted to be around myself. Right. Basically, I would sit, I would eat, and then feel bad and do the things I had to do, you know, like get the kids to school, whatever. And this was in, you know, pregnancies post-JC. When I was pregnant with JC, I was working. So I didn't mm -hmm. have a choice but to rise to right. the challenge. I was at Children's Memorial then. But I would sit and read a magazine slowly right. because I didn't know how to function. That's Nothing it. felt good. Right. So I was difficult. Okay. Fair enough. All right. You want to be done with that already? Yeah. Okay. That's it. We're All moving, right. We're moving through it. Check check it off the list. Um. So the kid's born. Okay. And um, I was told all these amazing stories from my friends who are dads, and they cried, and they just felt so attached to this kid. Yeah. And when it happened to me, I did not feel attached. I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of loved the kid because I was supposed to, but it's like a little alien that comes out of your body, <laughs> and... In the you know the first few days that they're born, I mean, I guess I feel love and all that, but it's not the love that I thought it was going to feel. It's a different kind of love, yeah. isn't it? It's you and I have talked about this a lot, and I think it's really redefining love because I also with the first two, with the third, I had more of the. You're um, more present. I was more present for it, but with the first two, because of the way that they came into the world, epidurals and that kind of thing, I had attachment to them from a primitive level, right. like I was protective. And right. when they needed to nurse, I wanted to nurse them. I wasn't, you know, cause some women who have serious postpartum don't even want to be with their children. Right. Um, but you know, and that more goes into a depression state, but I was protective, but I wasn't like, Ooh, I love, love, love. It was more primitive than mm -hmm. that. And, but that is a kind of love, right. Right. don't you think? It is a kind of love, but not the love that I had experienced up to that point. Right. And when your kid's born, say the first nine months, they're still little meatloafs. Right. They're little aliens and they don't do anything. All they do is take. Right. They take, they take, they take. Right. All they do is take. And they cry. The theme is they take and, and they, they cry poop. and they poop yeah. and they pee. And all we do is give, 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 give. So once the alien stage starts to move on and they become little people who coo and giggle, that's when what I thought the love was going to be started to to happen, emerge. emerge. Right, yeah, because they are just very, um, you, you know, you connect to them. And the, I think the mom does more with the nursing mm -hmm. if you nurse yeah. or, you know, when you're feeding them. I think there's that connection of you are giving, they're receiving, you're bonding. And just by the nature of nursing, there you release mm -hmm. endorphins and you release the love, you know, hormone right. where you start to attach. But for dads, I don't think you have that kind of. Well, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> I have nipples. Greg, can, can you, you milk, milk me? me? That's from uh, 
Meet the parents. Meet the parents. We actually, that was one of our quotes a while ago. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great movie. But anyway, you, there are way, I think the, the bottom line of this is this is true for moms too, especially if you had a traumatic birth. Right. And what I mean by that, that trauma means many different things. It didn't work out the way you wanted it to, meaning you wanted natural and you had cesarean and that was a surprise or there was something that went wrong. It, you're, you have to be focused on yourself for a while before you can attach right. to that baby and it, it disconnects and, and that I think what Todd and I want to say is that's okay. Right. So if any new parents are listening to this and they're like, wow, I'm, of course I love my baby on the primitive level, but I'm not I'm in getting, love with that. Baby. Yeah. I'm getting all these cards saying, don't you just want to be with them all the time? And you're like, no, no I, I want to go outside <laughs> and be away from this baby. That that's normal. Um, I'm going to talk about something uh, different. Sex. Oh my goodness. So, um, what, what do you mean? We're going to talk about sex on this show? No, we're not going to have like a sex show, okay, but good. this baby while nursing steals all your libido. Oh, for sure. It's supposed to. Yeah. I didn't know that. It kind of blows. Really? But you, oh my gosh. Or maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't realize it. Maybe I knew it, but I didn't realize it because the baby just takes everything from you. Well, and my body is in recovery So stage. what about non-nursing mothers? Does does that, I mean, I don't know if it's because you're nursing, your libido goes away, or is it? Well, I mean, we're talking about a lot of different things here. Part of it is because your body has just gone through a really big, and I'm using the word trauma. I don't mean that negatively. I just mean it's been a shock to your system. But I'm talking about months later. Right, but you understand that even though the doctor says after six weeks that mm. you can have sex again, right. your body is not fully healed by then. Right. I mean, especially like with JC. Remember all the rips and the t- sorry people, but you know, you're yeah. all... <clears throat> she didn't your come parents, out that you know, easy the first time. No, and so there's a lot to heal that's internal. Right. And so to, to think that after six weeks, oh, now some people have said different. They've mm-hmm. been like, oh, my body right. was fine. and But I think it's not just about the physical healing. Right. It's about emotionally where you are. And like you said, when, when my body is being used in a different capacity... That's sorry, I'm not with you there. There is, a, and that's why it can be difficult as a dad because you, you're following, you're thinking, okay, they're finally done being pregnant. Yeah, and here we go. Here we go. And sorry, time to get back in bed. <laughs> um, I don't want to go much further with this because our parents listen to this show. Speaking of physical health, what about Cairo Tree? Mm, I love Cairo Tree. <laughs> I'm um, going tomorrow. Yeah, who is Cairo Tree? Actually, I'm going today. There you go. Um, Cairo Tree is Tree of Chiropractic. There are fabulous sponsors. Tree of Life Chiropractic. Sorry. 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 Thank you. Thank you. It's like when people just go to Zen Parenting instead of Zen Parenting Radio. Dot you have com. to use the right, the right terminology. Right. Tree, I'm all about words. Okay. Tree of Life Chiropractic. Dr. Kelly's our chiropractor and we love her. And she also is a chiropractor for our children and they love her and they love getting adjusted. And, and speaking of, this is off subject. Well, it's really about tree of life. Have you noticed Cameron has no snot this mm-hmm. winter? Yeah, we got rid of the snot. Last winter, Cameron was so mucusy and she was kind of born that way. She, when she would nurse, she was our mucus baby. She was our mucus baby. She was just always full. Mm-hmm. And this winter, none. And it's because, I mean, what I'm attributing it to is she's been getting adjustments. Yeah. And so if you have a child or if yourself, if you're, needing an immunity boost, if you're having any physical pain, or if you just want to be as healthy as you can be, and you live in the western suburbs of Chicago or in Chicago, um, go to Tree of Life Chiropractic, chirotree.com. That's right. And also, if you say Zen Parenting Radio sent you, you get free scans. Free scans. Which is, you know, free things are good. Right. And she accepts all kind of insurance, and if you don't have insurance, she'll work with you. Like, don't not call her because you're worried about that. Because Dr. Kelly. She's, she rocks. She rocks. Um, all right, so my next thing is... Trust my gut and not the books. Okay. When I started preparing to be a dad, because I am somebody who likes to read, um, like, 
golf for dummies books. Right. You know, I'm like, we oh, have a lot of for dummies for books dummies in books. our house. And it, they usually are purchased by me, <laughs> like chess for dummies. Anything that Todd takes on, like he's a soccer coach, he's now the chess coach. Coaching soccer for dummies. He'll get the dummies book. So I don't remember getting the dad's dummy dummies books, but I read a lot of uh, books in preparation of becoming a dad. And I would start doing things because the book told me to. Right. So um, I wish somebody would have said, you know what, read all the books you want, but don't don't do what they say. Trust your gut. Right. Have that as a background knowledge. But in the beginning, I was just kind of doing what the book said, and I wasn't even listening to my own instinctual decision-making ability. Like when our girls were really little, like with the J.C. and Cameron era, when they were really small, you know, uh, Dr. Weisbluth's book, um, Healthy Baby, Happy Sleep or something. I don't remember what it's called. Right. Just Dr. Weisbluth. If you've got it, you know what I'm talking about. And also Baby Wise was really big. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was about, um, you know, putting them to bed and teaching them to sleep on their own super early. Mm-hmm. Like baby wise was immediately when they came from, from, from the hospital was right. what they recommended is, you know, let your child cry it out or, um, and Dr. Weisbluth, he's talked more about, not so much about let them cry it out, but about that there's certain times of the day that your child needs to sleep. Now I got a lot from that book, but what, how it can be harmful is if you think your child, if your child has different sleep patterns, then you think there's something wrong with your child mm-hmm. where Dr. Weisbluth was saying, this is the ideal. Mm-hmm. This is good for their brain development and such. But if your child has a different pattern, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. Right. Or if one day is different or two days, it's still cool. Yeah. And I think if we get too connected to the books, then we lose our sense of common sense. Well, I think with JC, we were kind of um, very rigid with sleep schedules. And as, I don't know, as you start having more kids, you become a little looser with your I don't know. Well, you realize it's okay. Yeah. Meaning like you kind of let go in the best way. Like Skylar is one of those kids where she's kind of grown out of naps in many ways, but she will say, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go upstairs and read a book and she'll fall asleep. Right. So my point in that is, is they know mm-hmm. when they need it. And right. when they're baby babies, you have to supply the environment right. where it is on you to make sure they have a place to sleep. Right. But they're either on your chest or in their crib or in their car seat. So usually they have an opportunity. Right. Um, but I agree with you, and I want to tell you you're also talking very fast because you want to get through all these. Oh, things. really? Should yes. I slow down? So take. Let's take hey, a breath. Everybody, take a team breath. Okay, meditative breath. Ready? Ready. All right. Nothing like silence and radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pays you're the right. bills. You're right. My energy is a little high, so thank well, you. Well, yeah, for and your foot is tapping yeah, and stuff. Well, and you remember when you said, "Is there any almonds on my teeth?" And there the are. No, there's not anymore. But you got it. Oh, good. You were lying to me. No, then. no, it showed up later. It was like kind of. <laughs> going through here um okay (laughs) so another thing i have is make mistakes i'm gonna take a drink of water take a drink of water and don't gurgle it or anything don't be afraid to make your own mistakes and the example i give is when you um went to mexico with your girlfriends whatever jc was like nine months or a year old or whatever it was oh you're talking about when cameron was a baby yeah whatever and um (laughs) whatever kid whatever listen to me let me go faster and (laughs) let me get through this and you i think you wanted to make a note for me of like when things happen and all that yeah and a list to of to do while I was gone. Right, and it wasn't like oh, clean the house. It was Cameron wakes up at this time and she eats at that time, and this is what happens when she's done eating. And here is my message to all you women. So women, listen up. Let your husbands make the mistakes. Let them screw everything up because that's how they learn. Because if they're reading a note that you left, they're not experiencing anything, and they are not going to figure it out for themselves. So let 
the kid miss a feeding. Oh, the world is that's not, asking a lot. Of you want to know mom. why? Because the baby will tell the dad, "Hey, man, it's time to eat." Okay. So don't write everything down. Let us screw it up. Now, let me. You almost said a bad word. Yeah, I almost dropped enough. Yeah, he did. I am going to say that there's a balance in there. Okay. That if the mom needs to leave a list, so they feel comfort in leaving. Not a list like, here's every minute of the day. But, you know, Todd, there were things you didn't know where things were yeah. sometimes in drawers. I figure it out. I, well, yes, but then you're spending all that time figuring it out when it's very helpful to me to say, okay, if you, you know, here's where the wet wipes are kept, here's where this, because really I was doing most of that. Yeah. And so when I left, yes, there are some things that you're just going to have to deal with. But a mom, it's a lot easier for me to leave, or it was at that time, knowing that I had at least written down the basics. Can we meet somewhere in the middle here? Well, here's my fear. My fear is, the answer probably is somewhere in the middle, but my fear is that this list is basically you telling me, even though you didn't say it, you didn't insinuate it, but just the the baggage that I take onto the situation is, you can't do this by yourself. Mm. You need my help. And I was like, hey, when you go, go. Don't worry. Don't even call us. Okay, let me give an example. All right. What if I, you're like, okay, do my job at JVI this weekend. Right. Okay? Yeah. Do, do my job. Right. Um, and I'm going to leave. I'm not going to leave you any list. So you just have to search for everything. Right. And so I'm wasting all that time searching. Mm-hmm. Could I mean, I couldn't do your job like you do, but I could do some things. Right. But I'm wasting all this time searching when if you would have left me a list of here's this, here's this, here's this, I could have done my job more effectively. So it's the same thing with parenting. Like if I've got all these things and I know where they are, I can streamline. Here's the difference. Okay. I'm the dad. I am the parent of this child. Right. You don't work for JVI. Right. Even if you filled in for a weekend. Right. My, why I'm on this earth is because I am the parent to this child, right. and I need to be able to figure out how to parent this kid when you're gone for three days. Totally. And that point is well taken. Like, you're right. That's mm-hmm. huge. You are just as much of a parent as I am. But the day-to-day operations of the parenting, Mm -hmm. you're not as clear about. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, I have more skills than you, I'm better than you. But here, we can meet in the middle on this, right? Come on. Come on, come on, come on. on. Maybe. Okay. We'll see. Go on to the next one. All right. Um, I I didn't prepare. It says, my wife is not rational. Oh, no, I already talked about that one. What do you mean, my wife is not (laughs) rational? What is that? Oh, I know, because you almost skipped your trip to Mexico. Well, that's because Cameron was only nursing. She only nursed for like six months of her life, the first six months of her life, and she hadn't ever taken a bottle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to Mexico with my friends, and I was like, she's not going to eat. And so I'm not going to go... And you're like, I can handle it. This has it. been a trip that's been planned for like a year. I know. And I know I and needed we it. we called Dr. Gap and my friend who's a pediatrician. Right. And he said, babies will not starve themselves to death. Right. They will figure it out. Right. Don't sweat it. Right. And you called, I think your mom, I'm looking at the part of the house where you were talking to your mom. I know. I remember it. And she's like, you've got to go. You right. can't not go. And right before you left, Cameron took the bottle. Because. Didn't I hyperventilate into a bag? No, that was a different story. <laughs> but what happened was. Um, she usually ate like at at noon, at three, at six. Every two to three so hours. She, and we decided the day before you were leaving that I was going to feed her with the bottle. That way you'd feel comfortable about going. And she ignored the bottle at 12. She ignored the bottle at three. Mm-hmm. She ignored the bottle at six. So she missed like, I don't know, maybe four or five feedings or two or three, whatever well, it was. Well, then I would rescue her, meaning she wouldn't take the bottle and then I'd nurse oh, her. Oh, yeah. So you screwed that so up. So I screwed it up. I just couldn't tolerate it. And that's the piece I think you need to understand, though. Todd, is that your points are so well taken, meaning now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, go to Mexico. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand the emotional piece of this for a mom. Right. That 
for you to be like, just go, I'll feed her, and me not know that she can take a bottle. Right. How am I going to go have a good time? And so even though we're talking very literal and, again, in hindsight, mm -hmm. people who are listening right now who are parents of babies, mm -hmm. that emotional part, you can't function if you think your baby is suffering or struggling in any way. It's right. very difficult. And I used to explain that to you. Like, understand, how, what would I say to you? My body aches. Oh, yeah. Like, when I hear her crying... Part of it was nursing and part of it was being a mom. My body would yeah, hurt. You, we yeah. are connected energetically. Right. And so her pain is my pain. Right. And so even though you could say, just go, it was more difficult than that. Well, maybe there was a, a, a string of jealousy in that is because you had this physical connection. You had this emotional connection to this kid that I took me. It takes dads a long time. or I shouldn't say it takes dads. It took me a long time to develop a connection that you basically gained the minute she came outside of you. Right. So maybe there was a tinge of jealousy. Well, and maybe that's a good thing to put on your list. The right. 11th thing is dads need to understand that, that, yeah. it, that sometimes the relationship building yeah, I'm just takes some, a little longer. I'm just some guy. Right. This baby doesn't has no interest in me in the beginning. But then they like your smell. Yes. Yeah, they, and I know there's an exchange of energy, right. and they know, they hear my voice even right. when they're in your tummy. Right. So I know all that, but it's just, you know. It's not as intense. It's not as intense. And and then as they grow up, the, the I think it can be a very balanced, right. you know, between mom and dad, right. you know, where they can get their needs met by both and that the relationship balances out. But initially, mom is really their everything. You better believe it. They're your world because exactly. you you were, the, they lived their in world you. was inside of right. you. So it's crazy. So I want to tell say two more things about, uh, about school advocacy and advocating for your child and teachers. But before we do that, let's talk about Avid Company. Okay. They are our partner. And so if you live in the Chicagoland area and you want to do some painting in your house, maybe you want to paint a living room, or you want to rehab your kitchen or remodel your basement, call them up. Uh, we completely trust and invest in this company, and you can call them up without thinking twice about it. Mm -hmm. And it's avidco.net, A-V-I-D-C-O.net. And now I want you to talk about Poofin. Uh, Poofin.com are other wonderful sponsor. They uh, make a beautiful pillow, soft pillow, that you put charms in that represents the child. The child picks out the charms that they want, or they just let you know what they're interested in, and you put it on the charms. And then this child has this wonderful thing that lays on their bed that is a representation of them. So it really fits our message here about being a conscious parent and having a child who's conscious of who they are. And their website is Poofin.com. Celebrating the child's individuality. That's right. Um, so two more quick things, and then I want to go on to the next topic. Okay. Um, Are you still breathing? I am breathing. Okay. Um, you need to advocate for your child and uh, in a school setting because there was a story that JC, that we've talked about JC, and JC didn't feel comfortable talking to her preschool teachers, and mm -hmm. the preschool teachers started... Uh, what did they do? They well, they started withholding from her. They tried to motivate her by withholding things. Withholding like things. we're gonna not help her with her lunch, so she will then speak to us, or we're not gonna give her this until she speaks to us. It was kind of not bribery. Mm -hmm. It was like they were withholding, and yeah. they told us they were. Right. They weren't doing it behind our backs, but they thought we would agree with it. And um, after a little bit of contemplation, we realized that that was silly. Not a good and idea. And we told them not to do that. Mm -hmm. So this is not about how your kid's always right and the teacher's always wrong, because my example on the other side of that is I volunteered in these classrooms and I have had to sit at a table with three kids and just have them read their book quietly. And it is takes all of my energy mm -hmm. to be able to manage three kids in a classroom. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine how extremely hard it is to manage 
22 first graders. Mm -hmm. How do you get them all on the same page? Yeah, I don't think people understand what teachers do. It's impossible. I don't think people understand the amount of um, emotional work that goes into being a teacher and that the, um, the vast majority of teaching is, is the discipline part, like e keeping everyone on the same page, having everybody listen, and the educational piece, you're lucky to get it all in. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that sounds like, oh, that's not what we expect, but it takes a lot of work. You've got a lot of personalities in that room. Some teachers have 35 kids in their class, Todd. That's crazy. And so, you know, it's a shout out to teachers. And, yes. and I used to be a teacher. Yes. You know, I used to have a classroom, and that was difficult for yeah, me. Very you know, so. when you have all those, um, those kids, especially the young ones, like you said. So, yes, I agree. It's not about that the teacher is doing something wrong and that you want to go in and yell at them, but you want to partner with the teacher. So mm -hmm. if the teacher is trying something with your kid that isn't working, mm -hmm. that you go in and say, let me help with this. Mm -hmm. I'll give you some ideas. Let's partner right. to give the best experience to right. my child. Right. It's a, it's a nice uh, partnering. Okay. So last transition. Uh, disciplining children who have special needs. We got an email from a listener who said they, she loves our show. But would we consider talking about um, that specific subject? And I, and through some exchange, um, I said, yeah, we'll, we'll throw it out there maybe as a tease for another show. But I, I feel a little insecure in doing this because uh, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. Mm -hmm. And you felt like maybe you can have a few things that you might be able to share. Well, and again, I think it's different when you live at home with a child who, who has special needs. Because I used to work with children who had special needs at Children's Memorial. So I have a lot of understanding of diagnosis and I have a lot of understanding of uh, you know interventions. But the truth is it's very different to live day in, day out with a child who needs maybe a different kind of attention. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's extra attention or sometimes it's just out of the box kind of attention where you can, you know, connect with them. Right. So why we don't feel entirely comfortable is I think that it is not an experience that we've had, mm -hmm. you know, in that more intimate setting. Right. But what I will say is that, you know, in my professional experience working with children who have some special needs is that it, it you know, and this is going to sound so simplistic, but it is okay that your typical interventions don't work. Right. A lot of parents will say, well, I'm trying one, two, three magic mm -hmm. with my child and they're not listening and it's not working. And it's because they, that doesn't work for them. Right. It, it, you know, I, in this, again, it sounds so simple, but their children whose brains operate differently, we have to come up with things, different creative, tools. different tools to use. So instead of getting frustrated that the mainstream things are not effective, and sometimes they are, mm -hmm. it's not about not even trying. Mm -hmm. It's about kind of finding things, you know, what are they interested in? What do they um, respond to and then pulling from that string right. rather than, okay, they're responding. Now I'm going to go back and use what everyone told me to right. use or what my friend who has a child with um, ADHD or my friend who has a child with autism because all children are different. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, again, that's a lot of work for the parent. Well, and in the blog I, I did, um, I said, you know, one thing I wish I knew before going into being a dad, it is, you know, the trick where you give a kid a choice. You could say, do you want to go to bed now or in five minutes? That way you give them the empowerment of control mm -hmm. and make them the decision making. And this woman said, you know, that, as much as I love that, it doesn't work for with my child, with my kids. And that can be true with a child who has special needs or with any child. Yeah. You know, it, there are what Todd and I like to do on the show is throw out things that have worked for us or that we believe in as far as, you know, that we've heard about. But the truth is every kid is different. Mm -hmm. And that if you have a child who's very physical, then things like rubbing their back or rubbing their feet will be helpful. If you have a child who wants to more, um, you know, they like reward systems, you know, like their, their 
love languages, gifts. Mm -hmm. Then you use reward systems with them. And the key is to knowing them and, you know, and tapping into that. And when they're really little, it's hard to, Mm -hmm. you know, like to have a two or three year old who has some, some more difficulty with whatever it may be, plus they're two or three. Um, it's, it's tiring, you know, to always be coming up with a new creative way to manage things with them. So, you know, like I said, there's no way we can go through all of the things in this short amount of time, but give some props to these parents who are working their butts off every day to be creative with their child. And when people come to them and say, Oh, just do this. This is easy. This is what it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Well, and self-care probably has a lot to do with it too. A huge part. Um, a lot of times, uh, parents who have a child who has some difficulties, they come to my presentations and they'll say, you know, well, self-care is not going to work for me because I'm too busy in this area. My child has this need. And I totally turn that around and say, you need it more right? because your patience needs to be longer. Right. Your fuse needs to be longer. Right. You need more energy to work with a child who has more difficulty. So you have to figure out a way to incorporate self-care. Like I want to empower them to know that that is the most selfless act. Mm-hmm. Because if they do that, then their child gets the benefit of a parent who can think creatively rather than be depleted. Right. Um, so that was a listener who had a, a request. So if you are a listener and you want to hear us talk about something else, um, email us. Email us comments at zenparentingradio.com. Or we prefer the Facebook page. Facebook is better. Now, if it's personal, we understand why you don't want to put your name and picture. But if it's something that you think might be interesting to other um, listeners, it's kind of a cool place to put it because people can comment and give their feedback. Because Todd and I are a source, but so are other parents. Well, and uh, the last thing I'll say is we've had this kind of uh, race between Zen Parenting Radio Facebook page and Kathy Kasani Adams self-aware parent the Facebook. self-aware parent Facebook page go to it it's over a thousand but no, here's the deal 1037 yeah so don't go to that one <laughs> go to Zen Parenting Radio because there is a contest between those two Todd's in competition with me I've been losing badly so just like Zen Parenting Radio and then steal your friends computers and like it from their computer and then too. tell them to also like the self-aware parent because really it's all the same Todd. it's all the same we're Ex- all one except Zen Parenting Radio is better <laughs> so anyways um, that's about it okay uh, we will catch you next next time on another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Now this is Kathy Adams. This is Todd Adams. Adios. Mm-hmm.